Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast. It is episode 13, and I'm here along with my other fellow podcaster, Chris Hughesby. How are you doing, man? Doing great. How are you guys doing this week? Happy start of the week. I think they're doing good, Chris. They're listening to us. (laughs) Yes. Hey, guys. Again, we say it always. Very thankful and blessed for your continued support. Um, We Hopefully, you guys liked the last podcast we did. Episode 12, we had interviewed uh, Adam Chainsaw Lennon, who is one of the originators and one of the top kind of trick shotters out there, and it was really fun, I think, for everybody to hear the secrets to how to do a trick shot, and, and then take you, you gave, and he gave, for me, it was really fun to, to re-listen to. Yeah, he was really excited, um, he was one of our favorite guests that we've had on the, on the pod, and uh, I think if guys have a chance after they listen to, to this podcast, which is an exceptional one, um, I think they should go back and listen to Chainsaw's podcast because he actually gave a lot of really good, valuable information and tips too, especially on onside kicks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So as we start getting ready for this uh, next interview, we're waiting for the call in here. We just wanted to let you guys know about some upcoming camps. Uh, we seem to get inquiries more and more about doing camps in different states and, and cities. And so we just want to let you guys know about some ones that you can start looking forward to uh, marking down on your calendar uh, even have some very nice discounted early bird rates so you, if you guys want to commit early um, we can do that as well so well uh, Brian why don't you start telling them some of the ones coming up yeah I think the big one that I think uh, I'd want the most people to, to check into is my four-day camp um, at the end of June June 24th to the 27th at University of West Florida it's a division two school in Pensacola in the Panhandle and uh, we had about 70 guys come to that last year. Um, it's for college age guys as well as high school guys. So uh, just go to teamjacksonkicking.com and, and you can register for camp there. Yep, guys, I can vouch for that. Very fun camp. I helped staff and assist Brian in that camp. Uh, very fun location in Florida. Uh, fun activities, just fun camp for, for all those guys. And Brian convinced me to do the four-day camp up in Minnesota. So we are going to be doing our second annual four-day camp uh, July 15th through the 18th up at St. John's University. Last year was a success. You know, like Brian said, we we had about 40 kids on our end attend, and, and, and there's two training divisions, the high school division and the college division, and, and it, overall it's just really fun. And so a uh, great opportunity for you. Um, a lot of college coaches and high school coaches support you going to these types of camps because it, even though you're away from your team structure, you're focusing on um, – you know, kicking the whole time and just having a good time and building that camaraderie and all that too. So, uh, two great camps coming up. Uh, we're getting more and more inquiries also too about about the the NKR camps that Brian and I do. Uh, two camps to put on your schedule if you'd like to come uh, with the national kicking rankings, national snapping rankings, uh, February 24th in Orlando. Uh, great location in Oviedo, 
High School, and then April 7th in Atlanta, Georgia. Those are the next two on tap. So if you're looking to uh, be a part of a, a very well-run camp, uh, get evaluated, get exposure, get camp film, all that sort of thing, those are two great camps, two easy locations to get to as well. And uh, we'll just keep you guys updated as more uh, dates, um, or as we get close to announcing more dates down the road as well. Yeah, so let's get into our podcast here. Um, Chris, tell us about this next guy. All right, Brian, I'm really excited for our next interview here. Uh, we'll leave you guys in suspense for another minute or two until he calls in, but got an NFC kicker this time. Uh, been in the league for uh, three, four years now, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I, I really like this guy. Uh, he's kind of a smaller-statured guy as far as height. He's five foot eight, so I'm already fond of him. So it'll be really nice to, to get some more feedback and some information that a lot of us don't get, and that's uh, being an active NFL specialist. So I'm, I'm excited for the phone call whenever that time comes. I think it's here in the next minute or so. He'll be calling us. Yeah. Yeah, interesting career path so far, so this will be fun to talk about, I think. So we'll just uh, we'll wait for the call-in and, and get rolling. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, here he is. Hey, Pat, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How about you? Hey, Pat, how are you doing, man? This is Chris on the on the line. Chris, welcome, welcome to the fourth down experience. How are you doing, sir? I am outstanding. How are you guys? <laughs> doing good. Doing great. We have uh, Patrick Murray on the phone here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers kicker, and we are excited to have you. Excited to be here. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Likewise, likewise. So, uh, how's your off season been so far? What, what, uh, what, you, what are you doing? How, how are you getting ready for next year? And and what's it like for you so far? You know, the off season has been great. Um, I'm able to spend a lot of time with my family. Uh, spend a lot of time with my girlfriend, the people I'm closest with, which is huge for me. You know, after the grind of the season, you kind of want to just kick back, take a step back. And realize, look, how fortunate you are. And the best way to do that is surrounded by the people that you love and that love you and support you. Um, so as far as getting ready for next season, I took two weeks off. I think rest is huge. Um, mentally, physically, it's going to benefit you. Um, and But I'm back in the weight room. And I've changed up my process this off season, um, And I think it's going to really, really help me stay in better condition um i've added pilates and an extra day of yoga in uh as long along with the um strength portion and the conditioning portion um nice. so i really think my body's going to be in great shape come april when we report back that's great man so you had never really done yoga in the past or is this kind of the first time you've kept it on a consistent basis to keep your body and body right this is the first time i've really been diligent with it. I had done yoga in the past and I had done it on my own with, you know, videos that I found on YouTube or something like that. I'd gone to a few classes, but I found this place very close to where I live and the teachers there are tremendous. The vibe is great. Um, the uh, flow vinyasa, the heated flow vinyasa, you know, it's an hour and 15 minutes you're working and uh, my body feels tremendous. Yeah. That's great. So, uh, so 
Patrick, you're about five foot eight, five foot nine. Is that is that about right? One ninety. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close there. Well, that's just that's just what Wikipedia says. You never know if that's accurate or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, that's pretty accurate though. So kind of being a, uh, I guess shorter compared to most guys, and I'm five six, so uh, kind of a shorter statured guy, a little bit stocky. Um, do you think that yoga and Pilates um, kind of helps improve your game as a kicker? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to get more functionality and movement within your hips. You're going to be able to create that whip, which is something that more compact guys definitely need to do. Um, the balance component of it and the core component of it, I think, is the most beneficial. Um, I'm using muscles in ways that I never thought that I'd use them, um, especially in some of the poses that you have to hold yourself in. And truthfully, I think yoga, you know, I know it's pretty big amongst players now, but I wish I'd known about it sooner in high school and college. I wish that I would have been more diligent with it because I think it's a key to a lot of people's success and it's a key to staying healthy. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's great. What, um, so you're doing yoga now in the off season, getting your body right. Um, you know, you've had two, two seasons here where you've played quite a bit of games. How did you maintain your body in season as well? Like, what, what were some of the things you did to just keep it right? Well, you know, I, I've had the, the honor, really, of speaking to a lot of guys who played for a lot of years. Um, Jeff Siegels, I played against his son in high school, and he and I have had a lot of communication over the years. Um, when I first started this process right out of college, he helped me and kind of put me on some of the things that he used to do for his body during the season. And truthfully, it's all about being aware, um, knowing that as the weeks go by, you're going to have to take care of your body that much more. You know, it's, it's, it goes in balance with nutrition. It goes in balance with practice. All those things have to be equal. So getting in the tubs is huge. Rolling out is huge. If you need a massage, get your massage done. Um, you know, get your acupuncture if you need it. Your cupping. There's a whole bunch of different things that we're afforded as players in the NFL, so many more things that we have access to. So I've developed what I need to get done so my body's ready to perform on Sunday. Awesome. Nice. Um, hey, Pat, just so everyone uh, kind of knows, like especially some of the younger kickers, they've taken more to um, the the kind of the younger kickers in the actual in the NFL right now. So, you know, a lot of guys like Justin Tucker, you know, they like Cairo Santos. So, no, you're one of those younger guys as well. Um, kind of just tell, uh, you know, the, the audience here which teams you've been with and, like, how many years you've played and all that. True. Well, I've got four credited seasons in the NFL. Um, I got picked up as a free agent after the draft by the Chicago Bears, spent uh, rookie minicamp with them in 2013, got released, worked out for teams almost every week. Um, in 2013 during the season, got signed by the Bucks in 14, was there 14 and 15, and was in Cleveland in 2016, back to the Bucks this past season. Gotcha. What um, what was the difference between playing with Cleveland and, and, and the difference playing with Tampa and Cleveland? The weather, for one, for sure. Um, a lot nicer <laughs> than Tampa in December. Um <laughs> But truthfully, there's a lot of similarities between NFL teams, and there's a lot of similarities among the specialist group. You know, we're there to do a specific job. We all know what the other guy goes through as far as, you know, a punter or a long snapper. So, truthfully, I've been surrounded by some great guys. My rookie year, um, my holder was Michael Kanan. I uh, played for I think, 10 years, Mike played for at least. Um, terrific punter. 
long sniper was Andrew DePaula, look, another great guy. It was his rookie year as well, same as me. Um, so I, I got off to a great start with those two guys by my side. Um, and this past year, you know, I have Brian Anger as my holder, who is, in my opinion, the best part in the National Football League, and Garrison Sanborn, who's arguably the best long snapper in the National Football League. You know, he's in Buffalo for, for eight years, did a great job there. So I've been fortunate to be surrounded by some pretty pretty good guys. And then Britton Colquitt and Charlie Hewitt in Cleveland. Can't forget, forget those guys. So, you know, it, it's special to be around guys who have done it at the highest level for quite some time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. So I want to ask you a few questions. You know, you mentioned before you, you know, kind of in between your stints with these teams, you went to, you did a number of tryouts. We often preach to the kickers we train, you know, that, that sometimes you got to be ready. You got to be on the spot. You might only get eight field goals or four kickoffs. I mean, what's, what's the mentality you take into these tryouts? And, and can you give us some examples? You don't have to name the teams, but like, what was an actual tryout like? How was it structured? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I've had workouts where I've kicked 25 field goals and four kickoffs. I've had workouts where I kicked eight and two. Uh, it just depends on what the coaches want to do. It depends on what the GMs want to see. Um, so you never really know what you're going into. The bottom line is, no matter what, as soon as you cross those lines, you have to be prepared. Um, it doesn't matter the weather. It doesn't matter the time of day. It doesn't matter if you got in on a flight. At 3.30 in the morning, have to get up at 6 to go for a physical and then kick, which I actually did. Um, so you're going to have um, some interesting experiences along the workout circuit. Um, you see a lot of the same guys. You know that it's going to be good competition because if you get to that level, you've obviously done something right. But the most important thing is, the most important thing I tell myself, is just control what you can control. Make your kicks. Boom your kickoffs, go from there. You know, you don't have control at the end of the day with what they're saying upstairs. You just have to go in there, put your best foot forward, know that you prepared well enough to be there, and then go execute. Yeah, I love that answer. Uh, I think this is great feedback, really good for the guys to listen to this. Um, hey, Pat, so here's a question. So I'm a shorter guy. I'm 5'6", uh, shorter than most uh, specialists, and, and I had a, <clears throat> a rookie camp with the Bears as well in 07, and and then I enjoyed my, my time in the arena leagues. Uh, one of the guys that I looked up to uh, definitely was Adam Vinatieri, and he's about um, six foot. But another guy that I liked was Martin Gramatica, who was about 5'7", maybe 160. And so that kind of gave me hope, having like a shorter kicker to look up to and being like, man, all right, so if he can be short and small compared to the, the rest of the guys and make it, maybe I can. And now what we're seeing is you're about 5'8", five, 5'9", Jake Elliott, who won a Super Bowl, is 5'8", 5'9". Cairo Santos is 5'7". Um, you know, so uh, we have a few guys that are kind of, quote-unquote, short compared to the rest of the bunch. Um, what would you say to kickers, punters, snappers out there that may think that they're just not big or tall enough or, or don't have the size to play at the next level? That is a great question, and, uh, you know, you didn't just enjoy your time in the arena league. You had a stellar career, by the way. Thanks, man. Um, so kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> Thanks. But as far as, you know, being on the smaller side of things, look, coming out of high school, a lot of coaches that were recruiting me my junior year come senior year when it's time to say, hey, you know, we want to give you a walk-on spot or we might offer you a scholarship. They told me, no, you're too small to play college football. And I'm sitting here thinking, all right, 
I don't see anybody kicking the ball further than me from the tri-state area. But I'm too small to play college football. I thought if I could put the ball through the post with great height and kick the ball off with great accuracy and distance that I could be successful. But according to some football coaches, that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So one thing I'd tell, I should have told myself when I was younger, and the things that I'd tell guys now is you got to... You gotta almost play with blinders on your ears, because people are gonna tell you all the time what's wrong with you, what they think is wrong. With you. you don't pass the eye test. You're not the prototypical size that we need. You might not look like a football player. Truthfully, their opinions at the end of the day don't matter. If you've prepared well enough, if you are diligent with your nutrition, your strength and conditioning, and your training then you're going to have an opportunity. Now, there are things that are outside of your control, but if you put forth your best effort, you execute, you're going to be hard to ignore because I turned into a three-time All-American, and they found me. Mm-hmm. So it, it can definitely happen. You killed that answer. Nice job. Thanks. That's great. Um, so obviously you, you, know, you hear all those sort of negative reasons why you can't make it. Well, how would you... What do you think were some of the reasons where you got your big break first with the Bucks the first time, and then the second time around? What what was your big break? Did you have did you make good off season film? Did you have a good agent? You killed the tryouts. What what were some of the factors that you think kind of you know got you in? Then, well, the, the, when I first got in, um, you know, I came from a, a smaller school, Fordham University. Um, back in the day, we were really known for our football because that's actually where Vince Lombardi played and graduated from. Not many people know that. Um, so it's good to have a guy like that in your corner. But when I was there, we definitely were not up to par. It's a 1AA school. We're playing in the middle of the Bronx. Uh, football just wasn't as important. However, for me, it didn't matter. As long as I had a ball on the ground and post to kick through, I was going to make field goals and execute. Um, so when I got my break with the Bucks, we were going in there, and my agent said, look, this is a place for you to go get camp film." You know, no offense to my agent, but that's not the way that I think. I go in there with the intention of beating the guy that was there. The guy that was there at the time was Connor Barth. I know Connor uh, very well. He's a great kicker. Um, but I knew that if I went in there, did what I knew how to do, that Lovey Smith would give me an opportunity to play for him. And it worked out that way. And I had a great rookie year, led the NFL in 50 yarders. Um, and then the second time this past year, you know, they had had some some things go on with their kicking position and uh, was down there for a workout with six other kickers. Um, Obviously had a rapport with these guys before. They liked me, I liked them, killed the workout and then uh, re-signed and, you know, finished off the season. That's great. Yeah, love it. What's it? I'm always intrigued about the tryouts because for me, when I was a free agent punter, you know, I always try to explain to guys, you know, they have, they have the kind of the group free agent tryouts, and if you do well and you're kind of in the top mix, you kind of get the individual in- invites, and that's a way to make it. What's it like, you know, when you're going into these tryouts? I mean, we know it's kind of cutthroat. We know there's so many talented kickers and punters out there. When you're going up against buddies of yours that you've trained with for years, and you know that one of you guys is going to make it and the rest of you going home, how do you – how do you approach that from like a friend standpoint, and then and then when it comes to the competitive part on the field, what's the, what are those conversations and feelings like amongst your your other buddies that are free agents? 
Sure. Well, it, it's an interesting situation because, you know, you want everybody to do well. You know the time and effort that these guys have put in, the same as you. Um, but at the end of the day, man, this is this is for a job. This is your livelihood. I mean, this is food on your table. So, yeah, you, you know, you say hi to guys and you wish them well, obviously. But, man, it's it's all about me when I'm on the field, truthfully, because... I know what it's like to be sitting at home watching games. I don't like that feeling. You know, I know one of us is going to get the job. I want that one person to be me. And it's nothing against anybody else. It's purely for the fact that I know what it's like to not have a job. And I know what it's like to have a job. I much prefer playing on Sundays and watching TV at home. Right. Hey, Pat, uh, one of the biggest questions we get with, like, direct message and stuff on Instagram is, um, you know, how can I kick the ball farther? How can I get my legs stronger? And, and we obviously explain what we what we tell them, but we'd like to hear guys from the NFL like yourself. Um, what would you say to the sophomore high school kicker that wants to get 10 more yards on his field goals or kickoffs? Sure. Well, it, it's not going to because I get this question all the time, too. And guys just want to know, well, what do you do for your legs? What do you do for your legs? What kind of exercise do you do? Do you just squat? five times a week? No, that's not what I do. Um, truthfully, what I found to be the biggest help as far as getting distance is Pilates because it's all about the core. I've heard it equated to, would you rather shoot from, you know, the, the USS whatever gunship or would you rather shoot from a canoe? If you can get to your core to be flexible to be strong, you're going to create that much more power because you're going to have that much more balance. So yes, there is an offer, there is a time to go on a leg press and to go on the squat machine, and it's part of a great strength and conditioning program. You have to work on your upper body as well because you're going to have to balance that out. But for me, to generate more speed, to generate more power, your core has to be both flexible and very, very strong. Love it, yeah. That's, yeah, great answer, man. Yeah, yo- yoga and Pilates where it's at. Here's another question for you, Pat. Um, uh, getting into kicking and really making it a passion and then and then looking at potentially playing at the next level, who are the guys or guy that you looked up to? And then the second part of question is, is um, <clears throat> what are some of the guys that you may be close to around the league that are specialists or maybe that you're really good friends with or that you like a lot? Well, the guy that I think everybody looked up to was Adam Vinatieri, and still is Adam Vinatieri, and will be for the foreseeable future. The guy has made every big kick that every kicker dreams of, um, and he's done it for 20-plus years. I mean, the guy is, and he doesn't slow down either. It's amazing to watch. His technique is terrific. His demeanor on the field is terrific. Um, Another guy that I looked up to, mainly based because of a size thing, is Matt Bryant. I mean, nice. and you guys had him on, I believe, recently. Um, Matt yep. is I mean, tremendous, ter- generates tremendous power with those kicks, and his accuracy is off the charts. I've had an opportunity playing in the NFC South to watch him up close, and it's really a thing to behold in pregame just watching him warm up. Yeah. Um, and then as far as guys that I'm close to around the league – you know, I got an opportunity to be with Will Lutz 
uh, in New Orleans for a week. You know, Will is a consummate professional. I have great respect for him, great respect for what he's done on the field, um, his story, his journey to get into New Orleans, and, um, you know, he's obviously done a great job for them. Um, again, I'll mention Brian Anger again. Obviously, he's a punter. Um, I got to know him really, really well this season. The guy, I mean, he's got such a smooth swing, and the ball just pops off his foot. You know, it's it's really really cool to watch. Awesome. Uh, what, Chris? Hey, uh, ask Pat your favorite question. I'm not going to ask it this time. I'll let you ask <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Favorite question I always like to ask is, you know, you've been in the league for a while now. So, what are like your top three favorite stadiums to play in? You know, obviously you like the hometown feel, but three opponent stadiums that you love. Sure. Well, number one is um, Lambeau. Wow. Uh, there's there's really nothing that compares, in my opinion, to Lambeau Field, partly because, uh, a big part actually, because of the lineage of Vince Lombardi there and the connection he has to Fordham University. Nice. You know, walking onto that field and seeing his name up above and then walking onto Fordham's campus and seeing his name on the seven blocks of granite knowing the connection there, knowing that we both played at the same university, and now I'm stepping onto the field where he coached. You know, for me, that was that is the be-all and end-all. You know, it's, it's truly a special feeling to be able to do that. Um, I have to give credit to the fans in New Orleans and the Superdome. It is uh, it's a loud place. They have a tremendous energy there. Um, I've had a lot of success kicking there, so I like kicking there for sure. Um, and then, you know what? Let's just go with the, the new Super Bowl champs, the Link. Uh, I think that's where they play, right? Yeah, whatever Lincoln Philly, whatever Philly Yeah, Philly Stadium. Um, I got to play there the opening day in that 2016 I played there. And uh, <laughs> they stepped our tickets, my family's tickets were up in the uh, the back corner of one of the end zones, so they were way up there, but that's a that's a cool place as well. Um, those fans get loud. The the, um, the energy is great. Um, but truthfully, anytime you get to step on the field and play on a Sunday or a Monday night or a Thursday, you know, it's a special time. Absolutely. Hey, Pat, um, talk about the Irish connection. Yeah, well, you know, my father emigrated from Ireland, um, spent the majority of his younger years into his 20s in Ireland and grew up playing soccer and grew up playing Gaelic football. Uh, my two uncles, Brendan and Kieran Murray, played Gaelic football at the highest level you can play at in Ireland, which is only semi-professional. These guys have jobs that they go to Monday through Friday. They've got nine to five. You know, they could be teachers, they could be bankers, they could be working on construction. But these guys find time to nowadays train like professionals in the evening and then go play for their respective counties, which are like states here in the United States, every Sunday or Tuesday night. Um, you can't... It's You play for where you're from. That's what I think is the coolest part about Gaelic football. So my dad was born in County Monaghan. He could only play for County Monaghan. There's no draft. You can't be traded. There's no free agency. It's you play for the county that you're born in. 
And these guys, they really do pray or play for pride at the end of the day. Yeah, the All-Ireland, which is the Super Bowl for Gaelic football, third weekend of September, is a huge deal. They packed the stadium in Crow Park in Dublin. There's 85, 90,000 people in the stadium. And yeah, you get a nice trophy at the end. But at the end of the day, these guys play for pride for where they're from, for the people that they grew up with, their next-door neighbors. And truthfully, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I'd go on YouTube and search Gaelic football because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I was just checking out your Instagram. And for those of you listening, uh, follow Pat. It's a Murray Kick 7, M-U-R-R-A-Y Kick 7. Uh, this is IG. The Ireland flag is in his bio. And I noticed, uh, Pat, uh, it's like your fourth post. It looks like you have a little bit of a jab. Can you just, uh, I know Chris is itching to ask a question here, but just talk on the subject just from your experiences. Because I, I coach uh, jab as well as a two-step, just kind of preferred of whatever the, the kicker likes. But um, just from your experiences and, and the level of coaches that you have and what they're saying, talk about um, a three-step and a two-step and maybe like the advantages or disadvantages, et cetera. I've never been a two-step guy, okay. ever. Um, for me, I don't come from the um, the, uh, the really high-level coaching background. The guy who taught me how to kick and still is my coach is my father. Nice. And that's the only guy I've ever worked with. It's the only guy I plan on ever working with because we come from the from the belief that you want it to be as natural as possible. You know, Lionel Messi, and I'm using him as an example. Obviously, he is, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, but I'll use him as an example. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have somebody teaching him how to te- take a free kick. Lionel Messi developed his technique because he kicked hundreds of thousands of free kicks right. for us. I didn't come from the American football kicking background. I came from a soccer and Gaelic football background. So we may have a little bit of a different style. For us, for me, it's maybe a little bit more natural to have that jab step because that gets my momentum going. And it's what I've done my entire life. It's what I'm used to. It's what I'm most comfortable with. And obviously it's worked because it got me to the level that I wanted to get to, which was playing in the National Football League. There are obvious advantages to a two-step as well, because as you guys know, we have to do our job so quickly that maybe taking that extra step could slow some guys down, maybe have them pop up instead of staying with their core tight and staying level and driving through the ball. They might pop up on that first step, and it'll get them out of rhythm. So for me, the biggest thing, whether you're a three-step, or two in the jab, or whether you're a two-step, whatever feels the most natural for you, whatever allows you to get your body into the position that it needs to be in to execute the kick, go with that. Yeah, great answer. Um, I, I'm a three-stepper. I've tried the two-step, and just like you said, it just doesn't feel comfortable or natural for me personally. Um, but uh, it, it's pretty impressive, uh, not discrediting your dad. I'm actually crediting your dad that – uh, just looking at your form and how you've kicked, that's awesome that the only kicking coach you've had is your dad. And uh, that's that's all I had until I met a lady named Carol White in the southeast 15 years ago. was the only kicking coach around. Uh, she doesn't do it anymore. But um, that's kudos to, to your father and, and you as well. Yeah, well, he's done it for, for a long time now. He started with me. I was the first guy he ever taught how to kick. And obviously he didn't grow up kicking in American football, so... 
he would watch it on Sunday and he would see the, okay, you take the three steps back and the two steps over. And we kind of figured it out from watching games on Sunday. There was no book that we read. There was no video that we watched. It was, okay, this is what these guys are doing. Let's tailor it to what feels comfortable for me. And then, I mean, we, we just worked. That's the bottom line. The dog days of summer, we were grinding out on the field. I mean, just perfecting this technique. And it, it goes, it went for punting as well, because I punted too. Um, we just grind and grind and grind until we got it right, until I was very, very confident in the steps that I had. And, you know, he's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing still. Nice. Well, that's perfect you mentioned that, because that's kind of leading us into our next subject. I just wanted to talk about you know, the college recruiting process for you, what your summer grind was like. So, obviously, you... You grinded. Did you have a rep count when you were doing these things, or did you just go until your leg felt felt tired? Because I know some people have that belief of, I'm just going to have 40 reps. Some guys feel like they got a rubber leg, and, and they try to condition their leg. What, what was your mentality for rep count? And then we'll kind of get into the college recruiting process to learn how you did it. Sure. When I first started kicking, there, there wasn't really a rep count. We knew um, about how long we needed to be out there. And for me, when I was learning my technique and really getting a base for myself, I wanted to be out there kicking. Um, the good thing is I knew when to also say, all right, Pat, you've done enough today. Well, some days I had to be told that as well. But that's what, you know, that's what's good about having, in my opinion, your father as your coach is that, you know, he can tell you, all right, we're done here. And he'll just pick up the footballs and walk off the field. And then you got nothing left to do. Um, nice. But no, there, there are guys, you're right, that will kick until their leg falls off. There's guys who are very diligent with their rep counts. Obviously, both have their merit. Um, but for me, I think when you're establishing a base and establishing you know, a technique that you want to get comfortable with, don't limit your reps. Um, as I got older and as my technique was more refined, that's when I started to really focus on, okay, we're going for quality here not quantity because as I got older the games got longer and they became more games so for me instead of kicking the 100 balls I would say alright I need to hit 50 footballs and 45 of them better be pretty close to perfect <laughs> nice. and and that that's kind of how I would approach the process and you know there were some days where that wasn't enough and I needed to go a little bit extra but I knew that along with my strength and conditioning, I was going to be able to do that because I prepared myself off the field. Great answer. Nice. All right, so let's, uh, we got a, like two more questions for you just to learn more about the college recruiting process. Because we, we specialists, it's always different. And the more you can learn from somebody else's experience, the better you yeah. for possibly your experience. So what was it like for you as a junior and senior um, in that college recruiting process? And then I'm just going to tie in the, the second question a little bit more. How much balance did the kind of the private training with your dad play into this versus maybe going to evaluation camp versus your own efforts to try to get your name out there? Well, the college, college recruiting process, I can tell you, was something that I would um, I would like to do over because – there were a lot of a lot of rough times, a lot of rough times because uh, to go into your second question, I didn't do the college evaluation, recruiting camps and stuff like that. I, I didn't do any of that. I never got ranked. You know, I, I um, 
I didn't understand that truthfully because I played on one of the best high school football teams in the nation, Don Bosco Prep in Ramsey, New Jersey. I mean, my senior year, we we went out to De La Salle and beat them on national television. Yeah. Um, we were playing teams that, you know, didn't go out of state, but we had to go out of state and play against these teams. I mean, we were one of the best teams in the country for a very, very long time. Um, so for me, I thought, you know, I'm kicking at a really high level here. I'm going to get recruiting points from that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I came out, I think my year was Dustin Hopkins and Caleb Sturgis and myself. Truthfully, I don't know any of the other guys that came out my year. Um, Chandler might have been my year. Cody might have been my year, but I'm not even sure. Um, I understand the, the value that a lot of these exposure camps have, and I understand that getting recruited and ranked by these camps, um, it's huge for those college coaches. Mm-hmm. I know they look at them all the time. Um, so I would encourage guys to definitely do that. If I had to do that over, I would have definitely considered doing it more. Um, but the college recruiting process, you're going to get a lot of coaches that are going to promise you a lot of things. And sometimes it doesn't come to fruition. Um, the, the one thing that I can, that I hope people will take from what I'm about to say is that your worth is not determined based on somebody telling you, no, we don't think you're good enough to play college football at our university. You know, if I had listened to people tell me that, I certainly wouldn't be playing today. Um, so enjoy the college recruiting process as much as possible. There's not a lot of kids that get to go through this. There's not a lot of guys who have the opportunity to kick at the next level. And take your visits, research these universities, make sure it's a place that you're going to be comfortable at for the next four to five years because it is going to be your new home and God forbid something happens and you can't play football again, you're going to get a degree from that university and you're going to go on to do some great things off the football field. So just understand that this is more than just about kicking. It's about finding a place that you're going to be happy at, going to school, enjoying the college experience and ultimately graduating from. Great. Last question, Pat. Um, uh, going to Fordham and it being considered a, a, mid, a mid-major school or even a small school in some people's opinions that don't know it. I mean, I went to Ball State, which is FBS, D1, and people thought it was D3 and AIA. It's just, it's just a mid-major small school. So looking at the kickers, punters world, like seeing how many guys that come from quote-unquote small schools that are playing in the league, what would you tell these kickers, punters, and snappers when they're looking at, I just want to go FBS, SEC, Big Ten? Like, what would you tell those guys about being open to others? You have to be open to other options because I'm going to tell you something right now. Fordham is an FCS school. We play in the Patriot League. I played on a 100-yard field with two goalposts at the end of each end zone. It's the same exact size field that the Alabama Crimson Tide play on. If you can kick the ball between the posts, and you can do it consistently, somebody's going to find you. Love it. Awesome, man. Love it. Man, this is one of my favorite interviews, no doubt. Well, I appreciate that, guys. I hope uh, I didn't talk your ear off too much. No, you've been great. No, man, it was perfect. Everything you said was great. Uh, these kids and parents, they're all going to love it. So, re- 
We really appreciate your time, Pat, and, you know, we got to stay in touch. You know, you're in the NFC. Uh, I'm a Vikings fan, so maybe when we cross paths, we'll, we'll chit-chat again, but uh, definitely got to stay in touch, so uh, we appreciate your time doing this, too. Absolutely, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I wish I had something like this when I was coming through the high school college process because it would have been invaluable. Absolutely, and, and maybe maybe we can get together here soon in the off season. Maybe kick the ball around. Uh, maybe even try seeing if you want to come to one of our camps or something to to help get these guys better. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you guys have any camps in the Northeast area, or not too much? Uh, not yet, but we we've always had a lot of kids ask us to go up that way. You know, there's a lot of good kickers up this way. A lot of really really good kickers and punters. So it might be something to look into. And if you guys do end up coming out here, you let me know and I'll be there. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Well, we'll for sure be in touch about that, too. Thank you. Thanks so much, Pat. All right, you got time. it, guys. My pleasure. All right, yeah, later, man. Thanks, Pat. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love that one, man. That was great. Yeah, dude, he, he killed it. Uh, so much valuable information for the kids uh, and even parents, or even ourselves, right? I mean, just, he did yep. such a good job. True professional. Loved his answers. Yeah, very well spoken too. I enjoyed hearing what he had to say. He was confident in what he had to say, and and like you said, he said a lot of things that we try to preach at the camps and lessons. And great to hear it from a guy that's that's gone through it and and been there. Thank you for listening to the Fourth Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fourth Down Experience.